you to do the thing. Well, I guess I will uh, do the thing. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we have started. You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 285, brought to you by the Give Me Five podcast. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about some very entertaining things. We talk about things like pop culture, entertainment, movies, music, books, Florida, whatever catches our eye. And ladies and gentlemen, get ready, get gussied up, call your parole officers, bake those files into those cakes, get your conjugal ambitions ready, because that's right, it's time for a revisitation weekend. Because we are going to talk about The Bear Season 2, Secret Invasion, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, probably a doubleheader with some Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Extraction 2, Diablo 4, and yes, you heard that correctly, we are going to revisit The Flash and Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Excellent. My name is Captain Picard. I'm joined by Captain Kirk. Um, is he the one that would sound like, hello, governor, engage. No, 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 no. He sounds like you when you used to do the opening <laughs> of the podcast, actually. Yes. You, you are, are listening to the Give Me Five podcast. <laughs> yeah. And Captain Obvious. I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> it's actually rather obvious. Very good. Uh, we are also obvi- – I don't believe we're going to be talking much about Star Trek Discovery Season 2 because um, I wasn't preparing prepared for that. Oh. But I just said that I was watching it. I didn't say we were going to cover it, but that's okay. All right. No double uh, track. I'll yeah. talk a little bit about Strange New Worlds. I thought it was already – I thought it was brand new. Apparently, it came out last year, and we're preparing for Season 2. Correct. Well, so we're not talking Discovery then? No, I, other than the fact that I okay. very well, much enjoy it. Um, season 2 came out in 2020. So, it's not. Well, then, if, if we're not talking about it, you know what else we can't do? Spoil it. Oh, mm, nice segue. Yeah. yeah, thank you. So, if we're we're not going to be spoiling Star Trek Discovery at all because we're not even talking about it, but we are talking about a lot of other cool things. And sometimes there are spoilers. Usually, we avoid major twists. Although I think sometimes we have kind of let those things out. But, um. If we're talking about anything that you haven't seen yet or that are interested in, use your own discretion. You can always come back and take a listen. Um, but uh, just fair warning. Um, I do you know, we think, should spoil. Let's spoil some news. Yes. I do think there will be some significant spoilers because we are going to revisit two things that we tried to avoid spoiling in previous weeks. And I yeah. think we're going to go ahead and spoil those this time around. So be ready. Okay. Correct. All right. Transformers in the flesh. Yep. Can we give can we give some disclaimers before we spoil? Sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So be like just to be cool about it. Like, hey, I'm gonna talk about uh, uh Optimus Prime dying. <laughs> that right yeah, fucking like that. ruined my childhood. You motherfuckers. <laughs> True. 
So let's go to the news here. Uh, Craven trailer dropped this week. I don't know if they meant it to or not. There were two versions of it, a red band version and a not so red band version. Um, I had no idea. Like Craven is a cool villain and he's one of those cool villains in the Spider-Man comics that uh, he didn't show up all that often. So it made him even cooler. It's like, you know, sometimes like Venom would show up periodically and that was awesome. And then everyone loved Venom. So like, mm-hmm then every comic had venom in it and it was yes. it lost the impact. Craven never actually had that and I always liked the idea of this character that you know was the ultimate hunter and wanted to hunt the Spider-Man cuz that you know that's one of the hardest things to kill. Uh this movie because they are uh making it its own movie into the Sony Spider-Man world villain verse thing. Uh, they had to kind of make him deeper than that. And they cast Aaron Taylor Johnson, the guy from Kick-Ass, and he was one of the various Quicksilvers. Uh, when I was like, okay. really? That's weird casting, because I still think of him as kind of in the same realm as uh, what any of like, the scrawny like kid, teeny bopper actors, for some reason. Christopher Plint? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Like him, or uh, who are the other ones? There's a couple other ones, but I kind of always thought of him as like the that kind of type of person, but like mm-hmm. he, the poster looks great, and he looks like a complete badass. They have the lighting perfect, so his eyes are darkened and stuff like that, and it's, mm-hmm. it looks awesome. The movie trailer makes it out to be like he's some sort of antihero, where he's like, you know, my dad did terrible things, and I want to get back at him. But isn't does... Craven actually just a villain? Yeah, like he's he just wants to. He wants to prove that he's the top dog and will kill anyone to to do it. So it's a little bit weird that they went that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, there, In the comics, he gets some super powers, but it's based on an herbal potion that he takes. Mm-hmm. So he has – so it's basically Black Panther kind of stuff. Um, but this time they went – they show it. Now, I'm not sure if this has anything to do with it, but he gets hurt. He falls on the ground in the trailer and – He's fighting a lion, and a drip of the lion's blood lands in his open wound, and he gets light. Like we've all been there. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't had that happen? Um, yeah. And his eyes like turn like fiery yellow. Is that and... how Charlie Sheen did it with his yes. tiger blood? <laughs> tiger yeah. blood. Yeah. All right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, but that doesn't really make any sense whatsoever, even in the broadest scientific world. Um. So I thought that was a little weird. Uh, also, the thing I really have a little bit of a problem with, the dude's name is Sergei Kravinov, and he is Russian, and they went completely – and his dad is Russian in the, the trailer, but he's not, despite him being at least 18 or so at, uh, at the point that that lion thing happens. Hmm. So, like, you would pretty much lock into it, right? Like, you'd pretty much lock into your accent by the age of 18 or around there. Yeah, but oh, yeah. maybe, oh, maybe yeah. they'll explain it off. I mean, you had no problem with Mario not having an Italian accent, so maybe they'll yeah, explain it. Yeah, but everybody it. knows Mario came here after the war. She was, he was only like six. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? True, Him true. and Luigi on a boat through Ellis Island. Was, yes, exactly. You know, tough times. He had to change his name and everything. It was, uh, was going uh, to be a crossover with Mario and The Godfather. 
Um, there is a little stinger at the end of the trailer. You know, they always do that last little bit before the the end, whatever happens, the end credit thing. And they show uh, a guy with a arm, and he does something, and his arm starts turning gray and scaly, and he says something about being a rhinoceros. So obviously the rhino will be also introduced in this. Uh, also a character who's Russian. So I uh, will see it. I haven't been as thrilled with the Sony movies in general, although most of them I've enjoyed watching uh, when I remember having seen them. Morbius was terrible. Morbius was terrible. Uh, the first Venom movie I think I saw like three times before I actually like internalized having actually seen it. Uh, second Venom movie, I... That's weird, right? Like it's forgettable. Yeah. It's not bad. I liked it. I liked it, but it wasn't like, didn't blow my mind. Yeah. There's a couple of those that I just kind of I end up watching over and over again because I don't remember them. Um, even Venom 2, the the Mrs. the the best parts of the Venom movies are the interplay between Venom and, and Eddie. Yeah. I would like to eat Mrs. Chen. Yes. Mrs. Chen <laughs> is the best. So No, you cannot eat Mrs. Chen. What? <laughs> That's funny. That's the only news I got. All right. Well, I, I happen to have some news. It does it does involve a lovely penis-shaped state that we live in. Hmm. That's right. It's time for WTF. Welcome to Florida. And uh this this fun little story comes to us from Flagler County. Um nothing good ever happened in Flagler no, County. No. A gentleman was caught shoplifting at Target. And um they they called the cops. And uh, a Mr. David Romero, who had a felony warrant out for his arrest in Putnam County for third-degree grand theft, by the way, was stopped actually before he pulled out of his parking spot. And when the cops instructed him to get out of the vehicle, they found out at least one of the things that he stole. Because on the body cam, as they pull him out, a pink vibrator... Falls out of his pants. He couldn't fucking wait to try that thing out. <laughs> and it, the the article says, while placing the defendant in their patrol car, a pink vibrating device fell out of Romero's pants. It was later revealed he had stolen the sex toy from Target, which provided surveillance video of the substance of the suspect. Wait, Target has those? Yeah. Let's go back for a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> Uh, of the uh, suspect stuffing several personal care items inside tan shapewear he had picked up inside the store. Uh, I really other, so was this other stolen merchandise included uh, Trojan and skin condoms, uh, Hello Cake lubricant, and Promiscent, a men's climax control spray. Um, <laughs> they were all found in his car. He did he did pay for some groceries, but he he I guess he didn't want to ring all that shit up, and he stole it. And he says it was an apology to his wife for not being able to spend Father's Day with her. He was going to use the sex aids wow. on his wife because he couldn't spend Throwing Father's her Day under the bus. <laughs> wow. Yep. <clears throat> I don't even know where to go with all. That's so much. So this pink thing fell out of his pants. It, it Why was... is he getting her a Father's Day present? Oh, I, I'm very certain that the Father's Day present was, in fact, for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much going on there. I have so many questions on that one. First, the the biggest question Ooh. is what is Target's uh, reshelving policy on stolen items? <laughs> because 
I, I think you just want to put that in the shrink and get rid of that from the inventory. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that's something that you keep around. Yeah. Ooh. So that's you. That's it. David Romero, you are this week's Welcome to Florida. Nicely done. Hey. Wow, there's a lot of stuff We here, got a but... lot of shit. What do we want to start with? Let's do the, the re-whatever. Um, the... I'll start with Transformers. Uh, last week. Okay. Yeah. We're going to revisit here trans- the Transformers Rise of the Beast because I did not have a, ch- have a chance to see it until this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And you were like... You sounded when we were recording like uh, a like a balloon that was like losing air and had like that. I was I was dying because we. So, here, so here's our spoiler, by the way. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert! Because yeah, so, last week, in mm-hmm. fact, after we had talked about, or before we had talked about, I don't know, we were talking about the comments. It was, the news. It was during the news. Okay, it was during the news. The uh, void, uh, void rivals. Yep. And. And um, you were very concerned about me spoiling Transformers Rise of the Beast, and then you started talking about Void Rivals, which is G.I. Joe and Transformers combined in a single comic book. And I was like, mm. <laughs> And why was I like that, Greg? Because the stinger at the end of Transformers movie, the Transformers movie, is that one of the characters, like, getting taken into the top secret military facility, like, and it's, it happens in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And they're like... You know, you know, we've known about these robots for a long time, et cetera, blah, 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 all sorts of stuff. And you basically are part of this now. So call us and takes out a business card. Um, and it is a business card with a G.I. Joe logo on it. It is. So it is Transformers and G.I. Joe are now in the same universe. Which I was super geeked about. Yeah. Super, I, and I'm not sure how that's going to work. I don't know. I mean, I guess that... <sighs> I don't know. I guess they've been having like uh, military <clears throat> military shit in all the Transformer movies already. Anyway, GI Joe just gives it some legitimacy in that respect. Um, so I wonder one if they're gonna have John Cena come back as like the military, like the General Hawk or General Colton or something, like maybe. starting this thing. Perhaps, uh, which would um, kind of make sense. Where was John Cena? He was in Bumblebee. Um, was he? Yeah. yeah he, I don't remember that. And he he was in Bumblebee mm-hmm. as kind of like the rah rah let's kill them all military guy that learned a lesson. Okay. Went after and actually si- kind of sided with Bumblebee and uh, Charlie at the end. Yeah. Okay. I I, I saw the movie. Go. I just don't remember that it was him. So, a military that. character that has that has a growth. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm torn because like I get super excited. You know, GI Joe. Rah! I'm literally sitting here in a room full of GI Joe things. So is. So is Rob. Mm-hmm. But so far, they fumbled every, every iteration. Every G.I. Joe movie. Yeah. My head is preoccupied with thoughts of men in uniform. So it's kind of <laughs> oh my God. the same. It's basically the same thing. Are we going to have to wait until he gets to the part where it's men out of uniform? <laughs> yes. And then he has his, his post-nut clarity, so to speak, and then he'll start and talking. And then he's going to go get absolutely soaking wet. No, then it's just nap Because it's you know raining, man. Oh, my Hallelujah, gosh. it's... Oh, yes, sorry. it is. I don't... I, yeah. Anyway, G.I. <laughs> Joe, they fumbled it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But they fumbled it a lot because they try to integrate it into real-world situations. Transformers, the complaint on that has been it's sort of over-the-top ridiculous. Well, G.I. Joe also begs to be over-the-top ridiculous. So mm-hmm. this might actually work. 
Also, the weapons in G.I. Joe, as I mentioned to you earlier on the phone, they're so overpowered that if you know anything about the way actual bombs work and all that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, every G.I. Joe vehicle is mostly a death trap anyway. Yes. Like, you know, it's the hiss. We've got a giant glass screen right in the front of the vehicle. Like, yeah, there's a reason why tanks are solid. <laughs> like, yeah. Or there was a couple vehicles where the pe- where they literally put people behind where the rocket launches from. It's like, okay, well. That seems like a bad idea. Yeah. So translating that over is obviously an issue. But now, but when you have a car that can be riding with someone, crash into something, flip around, turn into a robot, catch the person that's driving it in their hands, and then put it back in without pinching them, squishing them, whatever, and it still looks cool, that could work for G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. And as my child said, uh, he said, cause he's like, well, I guess that explains the um, G.I. Joe and Transformer crossover toys that you have. Yep, I was just thinking that too. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like the hiss uh, that turns into Megatron and Vamp that turns into Bumblebee. Turns into Bumblebee. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it wasn't the Vamp, it's the Ostrager. So, very cool. Very excited. We'll see what happens on that. So that was the big thing with Transformers. And um, I did actually enjoy Rise of the Beast. I mean, it was I enjoyed it about as much as I've enjoyed most of the Transformers movies, mm-hmm. um, except for Bumblebee, which I actually put up there as a great movie beyond the fact that it's a Transformers movie. Yeah. Uh, and this one's was kind of probably in between. the best entrant in all of the Transformers. I think this one uh, really took some cues from that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sound like, I don't know, like I'm not grateful or something, but it was getting a little weird with all the Megan Fox, like, slow-mo shots of her ass in every other Transformers movie, considering, like, she was, like, 18, 19, whatever at the time, and the director was, like, way older. It was always really weird. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, okay, great, she's a nice ass, but like every time she gets out of a car, that's not where the camera should be. Yep. It was just a little pervy. Thank you, but pervy. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> and and what was it you wanted you wanted to talk about on the Flash? Because I finally saw the Flash. Okay. And and so, um. So what I, was your general idea? I actually enjoyed it. I I liked it a lot. I don't think that they can continue with Ezra Miller as the Flash. And I mean, they've opened up the perfect way to replace him in that uh, in the whole Flashpoint uh, multiple universes thing. Um, so, what was at the end of yours? Um, uh, you mean like the the post credit scene? I don't. I, we didn't have a post credit scene. It was. Uh, oh, we did. No, I had Flash talking to – I forget who Flash was talking to. Flash was talking to someone, and then a Batmobile rolled up, and then you just saw Foot, and that was it. Oh, no, and I saw who it was. So on mine, it was just – there was a Foot, and Flash goes, who the fuck are you? It was like the one swear word in the movie. Uh-huh. And, and that was it. It cut. It never showed who it was. Oh, really? Yeah. Mine did. I know what it is now because I looked it up. Yeah, it's George Clooney. Yeah, as Batman, which is kind of funny. Yeah. What? Yeah. Your your movie cut out when he said who the fuck are you? It just Oh, it just, because you had the preview, that's why. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, so I did the preview like what 3 weeks before it actually came out. So that was one thing. Uh the baby sequence, the physics was way weird. Yeah. Was there an entire was there a baby physics thing? Yeah. Okay. He uh he went into flash time, we'll call it. And um like rescued a whole bunch of babies and a nurse um 
while they were put, falling put one off of the babies the in a microwave and yep yeah okay and he started like setting things in motion like he was able to um determine like uh the the speed and velocity and the trajectory of everything involved all at once and he was like oh yeah this will go here and this will go here this will knock that out of the way and then you know if i twist this half a degree this way then it'll catch up and it'll knock that thing out of the way that's going to be there in like 20 minutes and yeah no that i didn't really buy that but if you don't get too into that it's kind of a funny sequence yeah that's basically was my thought um and then when the movie kind of switches towards the end when they when they realize uh, in the big the big open desert battle thing when they realize there are certain things that are always going to happen Mm-hmm. It got a little muddled for me until and it it took me longer, and I think it took everyone a little bit longer to realize what was happening because there was no denotation. I can't even like explain it because it was three weeks ago, but like there was. I a, like, I recognize that Dark Flash was just the the Flash, the alternate Flash. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. So as, as soon as he ended up with that piece in his body, I was like that that one like the thing that he used as a sword. To yeah. kill the Kryptonians, I was like, oh, "Okay, he's the Reverse Flash, <laughs> yeah, or the the uh, the Dark Flash, or whatever." The yeah, and he like started getting him. all sorts of crap on him and yeah. burning up and whatever. So I thought that was actually kind of interesting in a way, but it just took us like I kind of feel like that wasn't edited yet, but I, I guess there's no way to really tell that in conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't like Ezra Miller in general, but I did think he did a decent job on both of them on playing the two roles. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some a little bit of wonky stuff there, uh, but the subtle stuff I liked. Like the, I, I liked the hat thing in the store and putting the stuff up tall, up high. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I thought that took some thought in the writing. Um, and so you, but you could see like why it was really hard not to spoil it when I was doing the reviews. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it's dead and done. Like that whole part of the DC world is over. It the movie bombed. Really? Um, yeah, like bombed hard. Um, well, I mean, they killed those characters anyway, so yeah. But now, hoping... how much of that do you think was because of just uh, the the product, and how much do you think was backlash from Ezra Miller? I read a thing today, and there were this was movie insiders or people insiders, and I have no idea how insider they are. There was multiple reasons given. One, mm-hmm. universe is mostly dead and being redone. So some people are like, well, why not? Why bother? Two, it's been a huge movie summer because there's been no break since Mario came out in May. Actually, it was even maybe even April. Like there's And been, we're not even in – I mean now we're just getting to the middle of summer. Yeah, so it's been one after another after another with different world and like – you know, I see it through my, the eyes of my kid where, like, we'll see Mario Brothers. And he's like, Mario, Mario, Mario I want to play this, play this. And then the next week we see Dungeons and Dragons. And it's like – and he wants to – everything's like swords in this. But, like, when it comes to Flash, Transformers, it's like these different worlds, and they're all bigger <laughs> than just that one movie. And it's kind of exhausting. Um, so, like, even – like, last week we didn't see anything, but we've seen a movie every weekend. Actually, sorry. That's not true. Two weeks ago we didn't see anything. Last week we actually saw something. Uh, Transformers, but so that was one thing. Two was the Esper Miller thing. Uh, three was, um, you know, that they gave up a lot of the secrets in the trailer because they were trying to get away from people caring about Ezra Miller. So they showed a lot of the Batman stuff, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, the reason I saw that movie was because of Batman. Yeah, me too. Michael Keaton playing Batman. Yeah. Um, because yeah, just it just was. Um, although I really liked the Supergirl actress, I thought she was good. Yeah, she was. I was I was sad that they had to kill her. Yeah. Spoiler um, alert, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they killed her with kindness, is what you were saying. Yeah, they did. And then for real. <laughs> then she died in the movie also. Um, yeah, so that was another kind of thing uh, that, that went wrong. And there was, there was a couple other reasons, but yes, I do think that that had something to do with it. Now, I'm a little annoyed that people are going to be like, well, you know, people didn't care about Michael Keaton because I'm guessing that most of the people, like you and me, Mm-hmm. Went to see that movie because there was some Batman stuff in there. And I think the people who went to see it went specifically because of Michael Keaton. Yeah. I guarantee it. Uh, and there was talks of a Batman Beyond movie if this movie did well, where Michael Keaton played old Batman, and then they would do the futuristic younger Batman, which would be a great, great well, movie, great visuals. They, they've they got they, – who is it? Is it James Gunn that's heading up their, yes. their department now? They've got James Gunn at the helm, and there's a possibility that he would still do that. Because mm-hmm. that would be cool. <clears throat> that would be. Oh, be that, that was cool. the other thing. Like, there's people. They pissed off both sides because there's all those people that liked the Snyderverse. They're idiots, but they like the yes. Snyderverse. <laughs> and they're like, we don't want to see this go away, so we're not gonna, we're not gonna support this. And then, then they were like, well, but it's okay. Some of the aspects will be there. We're gonna keep. Uh, J- uh, Henry Cavill is Superman, and then like a week later, oh, never mind, we're not. So yeah, that- I think they did him wrong. I I will say that in that they they publicly convinced him to come out and talk about it, and he did. And then they were like, oh, sorry, see you later. Yeah, no, <laughs> no like, not wrong because he's great. He's fine. That that was a dick move. Yeah, and then there's we- like conversations about Bo Ben Affleck. He wasn't that bad. Let's maybe have him as Batman. Well, there's also another Batman movie out there now. With a completely different Batman, mm-hmm. that's more adult, and then there's like this Joker floating around that's like its own serious movie, and like it's the they don't Warner Brothers doesn't know what they're doing, which is weird to say considering they've been around forever, but mm-hmm. they lack focus. Yeah, and I mean honestly, my my other big problem here, almost every one of these major things, Marvel Universe, Spider Man, the Spider Man. Um, Rise of the Spider-Verse or Into the Spider-Verse, all that stuff is great and perfect and does it really well. But everyone is doing these alternate universe things or going into the past to change the future things. And it's kind of exhausting. Like, it means that nothing means anything. That makes sense. Because it's like, you know, character dies, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I think. But like, did they really? That being said, did you like the cameos? Oh, in, in Flash? Yeah. Yes. With uh, with the Jay Garrick, and I'm pretty sure that's the actor that played Jay Garrick in the TV show, The Flash. Uh, it is, but they he they interviewed him, and he's like, I he's like, I've been pretty busy because I have a toddler, uh, now, and I don't remember shooting anything for that. So they think that he just they just used footage. <laughs> they like, used his likeness without his permission in a movie. I think so. I, so I Holy read that. fuck! <laughs> wow. And I'm sure there's permission. I'm sure it's in the contract somewhere where it's like, we can use your fucking face for whatever we want. Yeah. But it Did usually they get they, permission be, from Nicolas Cage? Because that looked CG'd too. 
Oh well, yeah, that was that was definitely fine. And they, the Nicolas Cage thing was funny because there was yeah. supposed to be a Superman movie with Nicolas Cage, and the the script did get leaked, and it did involve a giant spider, and everyone made fun of it. And then they had Nicolas Cage fighting a giant spider, which I thought yes. that, that was cool. That was awesome. And then, but my favorite one was the uh, the Christopher Reeve cameo. Yes, there was tears, and I didn't even like Christopher Reeve as Superman. Yes, and Helen Slater. Supergirl, Helen Slater. She's the one that went nuts in real life, right? I don't know. I don't care. She is my Supergirl. She's your Billie Jean. Maybe it wasn't her. There's someone that went like crazy right wing, like super religious. I have no idea. But I don't, I don't think it might not have been her. No, no she her. lives in my childhood memories. I don't need to see her now. <laughs> uh, so that was that was our revisitation of the Flash and Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Okay. Um, I'll talk briefly um, a little bit about a new video game that just came out. Uh, it's definitely, it's not her. She's awesome. So. Okay. It's it's another one. It's. <sighs> It was another one of the. Who was the other blonde? She was in the the one with the basketball head explosion movie. Oh, um, uh, oh god, my best friend, something or other. Yeah, or... that one. But she's the one that was. It's she's now like, you know, uh, this is bad because there are sinners there, and you need to not watch this and go to church instead. Type awesome, yeah. good for her. <laughs> That sounded um, sarcastic. Yeah. Um, I I have started playing um, a video game that was just released. Um, are you guys familiar with the Diablo franchise? Well, you know I am because I used to play with you. I know. Ooh, that sounded way dirtier than was intended. Um, <laughs> Did it though? No, I don't think. I think it was intended that. Um, and then after we would play with each other, we would go have fun with Diablo. Yes. I've started playing Diablo 4. I've actually made it all the way through the uh, the regular campaign. Um, now I'm getting into like the end game material, the end game portion of the game, which is where you know you spend all, the most of the time playing Diablo. Um, it's Diablo is probably one of the original um, dungeon looters, if not the original. I'm not even sure that there was one before it. Diablo kind of set the uh, set the market in that. I thought. Um, yeah, but, I mean, on a smaller scale, maybe Gauntlet or something like that, but that didn't have, that was just level to level, it wasn't like... Yeah, you, you weren't hunting for loot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, But uh, Diablo 4, probably the original dungeon looter, um, or Di- the original Diablo was the original dungeon looter. Um, Diablo 4, it, the game is pretty. Um, I do think that the the cinema sequences in the last game were better than this one. Um, the story was okay in this one. The story for the three I liked a lot better. It was a lot prettier. Um, the loot system is the loot system and upgrade system is a little bit complicated and a little I I see them changing it as the game progresses because it's it's very not user friendly and requires a lot of time investment to get the shit that you want or need. Um, 
So, you know, min-maxing your gear will take, literally will probably take years, and depending upon your RNG. Um, there, there are a bunch of quality of life updates that for some reason they took out of the game that were in Diablo 3. And it's like, why do you take that quality, why do you roll back the quality of life updates? And my only thought is, is that so that you can then release them again as quote unquote new content for your new game. And that buys you a little bit more of time, a little bit more time when you're dealing with um, updates and DLCs and downloads and all that kind of shit. Um, It's kind of shitty. It's a stupid thing to do. But I mean, you can't release a full game anymore because now you've got to keep them on the hook for the battle pass and keep them paying for it. Stupid. Um. But yeah, I I have been enjoying Diablo Four. Like I said, I'm past the regular game, and I'm I'm playing as a druid. I'm enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of bash and smash, kill uh, kill the monsters and get the loot. And it's still kind of Diablo. So yeah, if you like the Diablo games, give it a shot. Um, like I said, the loot, the loot and the table and the skill tree, the skill tree is a little bit different and the paragon is a little bit different instead of just getting, um, you know, a base bonus to your character, you actually have a paragon skill tree that you can move your character through and get specific, uh, upgrades for your character. And nothing is final. You can always pay gold to change it. I love, I like the way those games look. Uh, mm-hmm. There's something about them, and this is, has nothing to do with the game. This is me. So to, to quote our earlier conversation, but before we hit record, like, like I, that type of game makes me tired mm-hmm. when you kind of do the same thing over and over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not the game's fault. That's just me. So like, I at the moment paying full price for it, not my thing. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to get it at some point because I really enjoyed three. But, like, there's times I would literally fall asleep, and you'd be like, what the hell are you doing? And I was, like, running into a wall and, like, still, like, attacking nothing. And you're like, mm-hmm. where are you? Where do you? Where are you? I was like, huh, wahoo. And yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, I, I would have to play standing up or else I fall asleep. I don't know why. So, there's a few games like that. The Lego games, they're like that, too, which, you know, I like that, too. I will say that the loot is kind of underwhelming at this point. I mean, they may need to they may need to rethink the whole loot table thing. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But if you're a fan of Diablo, I, I would recommend checking it out. Gotcha. Uh, let's, uh, do, let's see. Omar, what you got? You got anything on here? Fair season two. I was going to finish with that one. Oh, okay. Cause we we're going to finish with that. Yeah. That's what I did. Oh, okay. So we'll. we'll finish with that then. Um, I can do okay. Secret Invasion. We'll kind of put right. that in there. Uh, Let's do Secret Invasion. That sounds dirty. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> I'm going to invade you secretly. <laughs> Whoa. And I'm going to invade you and you're going to know it. <laughs> uh, there will be tears. <laughs> whether whether they're tears of happiness or, or, oh or, or sadness is up to you. <laughs> and he doesn't care either way. <laughs> He prefers sadness, but whatever. (laughs) Lap dance is so much better when the stripper is crying. Oh, my God. 
Did you just turn that into a country song? It is a country song. Oh, well, is it really? It's not a, well, it, it's not. It's a Bloodhound Gang song that sounds like a country song. Ah, got it. Okay, that. Yeah, it's got it. The song is called so "A Lap Dance Is So Much Better When a Stripper's When the Stripper's Crying." And do yourself a favor. Check out Chance the Rapper doing "It's Hot in Here" in a country style because that song is fucking amazing, and I oh, need that, the full version good. right now. He did a really good job. That was awesome. That was on like uh, Jimmy Kimmel or on yeah. one of those shows. And I, I realized that it was not off the cuff. I realized it was completely rehearsed, but still, I want the full job. fucking version of that song. Well, I forgot how funny these lyrics are. I just went and looked at lap dance. The first yeah. lyrics are, I was lonelier than Kunta Kinte at a Merle Haggard concert. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that night I strolled, that night I strolled on into Uncle Limpy's Hump Palace looking for love. It had been a while. <laughs> Okay, anyway, Secret Invasion, we're back here. Uh, released wow. on June 22nd on Disney+, Plus, starring Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, Colby Smutter, Smother, eh, Smulders as Maria Hill, Olivia Coleman as Sonia Fallsworth, um, Martin Freeman, Amelia Clark, who, of course, is the mother of dragons, uh, Don Cheadle as Rhodey, and Kingsley Benadir as Gravik. Uh, Fury and Talos try to stop the scrolls who have infiltrated the highest spheres of the Marvel Universe, is the synopsis. So, uh, we, only one episode has been out. Uh, so we, you know, it's Disney+. Plus. You guys probably have watched it if you are planning on it. So I doubt there's going to be much spoiler, spoilers here. Uh, I was very confused when in Captain Marvel they revealed the scrolls and then did their little twist. So this is a spoiler for Captain Marvel, that the scrolls were actually the good guys in the mm-hmm. whole thing. But I was like, well, there's a huge amount of lore where that's not the case. So I was kind of wondering, what are they going to do back then? Because um, I knew that Secret Invasion was going to be a thing, and it was also a multi-part comic series and you know crossovers and all that. So it turns out, of course, that there is the good guy scrolls and the bad guy scrolls, and the bad guy scrolls are really trying to recreate the scroll planet because it had been destroyed by the Kree, which is another alien race that um, – Captain Marvel is kind of possessed by, or not possessed, but has the chemical on her that turned her superpowered. But, um, so I was intrigued as to what they were going to do. I watched it last night as soon as it came out. Uh, starts off, first of all, really excited to see Martin Freeman back as Everett Ross. And I love Ben Mendelsohn in general. He's great. He was great as, uh, in Star Wars as well. As what, what's the character's name? The, the Empire, like, science person. From, uh, oh, um, the the scientist guy or from whatever. Rogue One, yeah, where the white oh, uniform. No, no, I was. I'm sorry, I was thinking of the Mandalorian. Now he's the guy that is trying to get um, Jyn Erso's dad. But either way, uh, Andor. No, he's the ba- he was just the bad guy that has the that always has the. Uh... Oh, Director Krennic. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So basically this is uh, aliens that can turn into whoever they want. They kind of show you a little bit of that as well where they show them not just stealing the face of the person but stealing the mind of the person so they know everything. So they can – so it's really hard to determine who's an alien and who's not. Uh, this is you know, really treated as almost like a spy thriller in a way. Yeah. Which I like. Um, love Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. The one of the villains is is kind of I guess a su- sort of a surprise. I don't remember if you actually saw her younger, but 
she is the daughter of um, Talos or Ben Mendelsohn's character, mm-hmm. the Skrull character, and she's gone all militant. So that it, that's uh, Amelia Clark, actually. Yep. And uh, and then and there, so it's also interesting that they still went with their general plot of uh, you know the this first I guess attack happens in Red Square too, which a lot of people aren't going to be sympathetic to in the real world, but. Uh, it was very interesting seeing them, you know, like myself having my own personal opinions about what's going on in the actual world. I was surprised at how sympathetic I was to what was going on and how much I was hoping that on screen they would stop what was about to happen, the bombings, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then it gets even worse in a way. So, so what, what I, you said, holy crap in our chat. Yeah, and I was had th- I thought it just eight hours before. So go ahead. We we've got we've got a first episode death. Yeah, right at the end of the episode. Yeah, and it's a major character. It's been around forever. Yeah. No yeah, shit. Yeah. Are we allowed to uh, say it? Are you are you stepping away? Or are you gonna? No, it's fine. Go ahead and okay. go ahead yeah. and uh, spoiler alert everybody. Yeah, Maria Hill. Flatlines at the end of it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, she's killed by a scroll posing as Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel, the real Samuel L. Jackson, ro- you know, runs up and and is well. He's posing as Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Samuel <laughs> Jackson actually is a super spy. Oh, okay. That's um, quite some fourth wall breaking there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick Fury, sorry, comes up, kills her, and then the actual real Nick Fury uh, arrives. And, you know, she basically dies and he actually has to like leave her because of all the craziness going on. Yeah. And and part of me wonders whether or not Gaia set them up. Because you you think that because Gaia didn't know that her mom died, dad kind of uh, kind of reveals that and lets her know that the group that she's fighting with was actually responsible for killing her. Um, We don't know any of the details of that yet, but um, it still feels like she set them up. I, I think so, too. Because what she was using, or what she told them to look for, was the decoy that they were relying on, or was what they were relying on to track them down, and all of that was just a fucking decoy to keep them busy. Yeah, so it was uh, infrared spray paint on these backpacks that had bombs in it, and she, so she said she would do that, and they were looking for those X's on the backpack, but it was very clear the bombs were already planted long before, because the bombs, I mean, this could just be a special effects thing, but the bombs look like they were actually in the buildings already. Mm -hmm. The buildings blew up, not the big, like, whatever celebration they were doing. Not the float thing. Yeah. So, it's weird, because the other thing we're going to talk about is the bear, and I was a little sad that every episode was released all at once, because I'm going to want to watch them all at once, and then I have to wait forever for the next season. Mm -hmm. But, like, this one, as soon as it ended, I'm like, okay, maybe they released one more episode. Nope. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah. So wait, you for the bear? The bear every episode is out. Are you talking about for this? This is a weekly show. Okay. Oh, okay. Whereas so the you, bear wait, every you episode is to out. the bear for a second and you confused me. No, I did because I the bear like if a bear is on I'm going to keep watching it until it's done. Well, it is. Yeah. And like I was going to watch an episode and then I ended up watching three episodes. Um yeah, I and I would be watching all of them if it wasn't like 3 in the morning. But so um, good. Yeah, it's very good. So, um, 
I'm excited about this. I hope everyone else is too, because I've been, I did, I did actually enjoy this story. And I've, as I put in the notes here, I, I'm never really a big fan of that kind of story. The, especially the mistaken identity kind of ones. Mm-hmm. Like it's just frustrating after a while. Like when a character is like, you have no idea who's real, who's not. And yeah. And then there's, and then like, you really have to kind of follow the writing and there's a lot of times where it's like well if this person was a bad guy all along why did they show that person doing good things on their own when like they wouldn't be doing that right um so i do worry about that kind of stuff but so far um or someone like the other thing it's just frustrating when someone's like i'm innocent i'm innocent and they actually are innocent and like they're still being dragged away by the police and other stuff is going on you're like ah just get to the part where you realize they're innocent and move on. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's that. What's next? I think we've got mm. Extraction 2. Yes. I can talk about Extraction 2. I can also talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds, but since that came out last year, I mean, we don't really need to hit on that if we don't want to, but... You can, you can hit it a little bit, because, uh, you know... Extraction, ex- extraction out, 2, is that a uh, a story of a... Dentist, just pulling teeth or something. What? Yes, I, that's exactly what it is. I knew it. Um, Extraction Two actually was released on June sixteenth of this year. It's directed by Sam Hargrave because I have to specify this year because not everything that I'm talking about was this year, surprisingly. Um, and it does it does star Chris Hemsworth. Uh, oh God, Gold Shifte Farahani, Farahani, <laughs> um, Adam Besa. Uh, Torniki Gogorichiani? Gogorichiani? Oh, Omar, can you step in on that one? Just <laughs> Looks like uh, Gogorichiani. 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 Okay. It'd be funny if he was like completely like American. He's like, no, it's Tornike Gogorichiani. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Pittsburgh. Hey. <laughs> Dimitri Kavalashvili? Yeah. Uh, Torniki must be a popular name. Uh, That's really weird. <laughs> Torniki Baziava, Giga Shavadzi, Shavadzi, Shavadze, Shavadze, Shavadzi, maybe. Tianatin Dalakashvili, Dalakashvili. Interesting. I feel like I'm being judged. Um, Andro Japardis, Japardis. These are all like Armenian words. Georgian. Mariami. Ar- Ar- yep, Armenian and Georgian descent. Look at you. Boom. Mariami Koziavili. Marta Koziavili. Dato Bakhtazi. Bakhtazi. There's going to be the anyway. <laughs> number one entertainment podcast in Armenia, thanks to that. Um, as far as all those pronunciations, Rob? Yes. Prove it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think, as far as I, all I'm of those say, pro- pronunciations, uh, now most of Armenia thinks that you're racist. <laughs> just probably, <laughs> probably. After I barely surviving his grievous wounds from his mission in Dhaka, Bangladesh, Tyler Rake is back, and his team is ready to take on their next mission. And for some reason, their next mission is extracting some Georgian, um, or I don't even know what. I don't even remember what fucking city state it was. Um, but there's a, a mob boss, basically a mob boss's brother who has been imprisoned 
um, due to, uh, I guess, relations with the U.S. or whatever, and the the uh, the government the government official had to do it, who was then executed by the mob boss because that's a thing, and he just called him into his mansion. The guy showed up and walked in, and the guy walked him over to a grave, and he just stood there while the dude put a a, a pitchfork through his neck, um, and then they killed all his bodyguards, um, because they apparently run the country, um. And the he gets talked into, you know, he's nine months out from, from you know, basically being dead. Um, and he takes on this mission for some reason. I, I think it's from his ex-wife. I think that's why he takes the mission. I think the person who gives him the mission is his ex-wife because the person he's going to rescue is her sister. And she's married to this, uh, to this mobster's brother. And... In order to keep the mobster's brother happy, the the government official basically took his family and put them in the jail with him so that he could see them and be with them, you know, all the time. But they basically live in the jail uh, behind a locked door in a jail cell. They're doing the time with him. And so her sister hires him to get them out. He takes his three-man team in. Um, it's an improbable survival tale. Uh, it continues the series, and it's really no less ridiculous than John Wick 3. Uh, ultimately, there's a lot of action. It's light on the camera shake, frenetic action, but it's still not as good as John Wick. I really feel like I'm doing a lot of my comparisons for movies like this to John Wick. Maybe that says something. But it's, you know, it's it's a one well, no, it's not a one-man army. It's a three-man army, and they run through, like, all of Russia. Well, I mean, really, it's just a massively powerful Russian gang that controls Russia. Well, okay. So they run through all of Russia. Uh, <laughs> there's lots of action. There's one or two touching moments, but honestly, that's not really the point of this movie. I mean, get your popcorn out. Get ready for a show. That's what this movie is. It's a gratuitous a- gratuitous action sequence. But yes, it is. it is pretty enjoyable. I want to see that. You should. Because... Sit down with some popcorn and watch an action flick. Don't you tell me what to eat. I will sit with some popcorn, actually. I know you will. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've, I've, it's weird. I, I didn't realize that my Apple everything subscription actually comes with like all of the magazines available on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at it, and I was like, why is uh, freaking Thor on the cover of the most recent Entertainment Weekly? And it was because of this movie. So. Ah. I believe this movie was actually number one after three days, like, in all the world. Mm-hmm. It was number one in the movies in Netflix in, like, all the world. Yeah, they really liked him in that role, too. Yeah. He was he was great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Chris Hemsworth doing action. It's, it's his forte. Are you saying that he was a star that you would trek to see? Yeah. I I, I might, yes. Oh. Is, is, that, is that a segue into the next... The next, uh, it was it was my best shot at one. I'm the sorry. next one that I'm going to talk about. Apparently, yeah, I was trying to give uh, Omar irritable bowel, irritable bowel syndrome or something. My mm-hmm. bad joke, but good, I think it worked. Good, you, good, congratulations! <laughs> Hell yes! <laughs> Mission accomplished. All right. Well, I'll, I'll talk on the air. <laughs> I'll talk briefly about uh, Strange New Worlds. It it was it's on Paramount Plus. I thought it was coming out next month, but maybe that's season two that's coming out next month. I'll look that up while you're talking. 
And I'm, I mean, I'm glad I found it. It was, it was originally released, I guess, May 5th of 2022. And it's basically a series that follows the episodic adventures of the Enterprise, but under the command of Captain Christopher Pike, who of course is the predecessor to James T. Kirk. And it does start... June 15th, so it, season two started last week. Oh, did it? Yeah. Huh. That's cool. All right. Okay. Ten episodes uh, throughout the summer. Okay. It uh, it does star Melissa Navia, Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, Jess Bush. God, these names are so much easier. Christina Chong, Rebecca Romaine, Cecilia, or Celia Rose Gooding. Ba- oh, God. Babs o- <laughs> Olusenmokun. Uh, oh yeah. Andre Day Kim and Alex Cap. Um the honestly, I I I like this series. It I mean it's very Star Trekky in that, you know, they they go someplace, mm-hmm. they do something, and they move on. Um there is I, I in the I think I'm like six or eight episodes in of the first season. Um and there are there are some some connecting story threads, but all in all, it is kind of like, uh, next gen or, or the original star Trek where, you know, each one is a, is a separate, is a separate entity. They do bring, they do bring things from previous episodes or from characters pass in for particular, particular episodes. Now I don't really, and it's weird to say this, but I don't really think that there's anything as moving thought inducing is what you get from Seth Seth MacFarlane's The Orville, which is weird to say because The Orville is is surprisingly a great. I I saw an article that described The Orville as the best non Star Trek Star Trek show around. Correct, that's a great way to put it. I would love it, a crossover. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. But it's. There, there's nothing as thought provoking as what you get from the Orville, and I think, and I think that's probably because of the creator. When you when you combine science fiction and comedy, I really think that opens up the gamut of things that they feel comfortable talking about in a light hearted arena, and that allows them to get a little bit more deeper and sometimes surprising with some of their storylines. Now, I, I don't mean for this to be about the Orville, um, but, you know, there was just a comparison. The But this series actually is pretty enjoyable. And it's interesting in that Christopher Pike, the captain of the Enterprise, is doing the entire first season so far, having ex- having had an experience where he was shown his future. And it's one of those situations where he is aware of the day that he dies and he's doing all of this knowing the day that he dies. And the question then becomes, does that make you more reckless knowing that you don't die yet? Does it make you more cautious trying to prevent your death? You know, those kind of things. And he, he's beginning to realize that he just needs to be the captain. He can't really worry about that. He needs to be who he's going to be. And, and he knows that as a result of him, not dying, but losing who he was because he sees himself in the chair. You know the chair, the one I'm talking about. The captain's chair? Mm-hmm. The captain's no, chair. No, no, no. The chair from the original... Because the, the fate of Captain Pike is very famous in Star Trek. Like, he, he walks... He's the one who rides around in that chair with the with the light on it that that buzzes once for yes, twice for no. Uh, he's, a, I... he's basically a vegetable. Oh. 
I did not know that. Was he in what the original I don't Star Trek that. movies? Yeah, the no, the original Star Trek series. Oh, I never watched that. Yeah, he 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 was in he was in a chair. He he can't respond to anything. The only way that he can communicate is from his chair with a chair that basically that somehow like reads his thoughts or whatever, but he can only answer yes no questions and the yes and no are from a light that is on the front of his chair that Oh, I, I see him now. Yeah. Yeah, it blinks once for yes and twice for no, or once for no and twice for I don't know. But he he knows his fate, but he also knows that in doing so, he actually saves the lives of numerous cadets, and he has all of the names memorized. And I think the episode I just watched, he actually puts out a... a, He actually has the computer looking for the names of the cadets that he saves. So, it's... (sighs) It's it's interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going to go. But if you're a fan of Star Trek, I recommend He's not a villain out. in that chair, is he? No. Okay. You would think that, I mean, you'd think that the technology would be better where he could say more than just yes or no. You'd think. Just saying. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. I, I, I'm weird with Star Trek. I get like super excited when I'm like, you know what? It's a brand new series. I can watch all ten episodes, and then I watch like three episodes, and then I just kind of forget what I'm watching. Yeah. And then I was like, and I log in, and I'm like, what was I watching? I'm like, oh, there's this other show. And I end up watching that. I don't know. But now, another show that's back. I assume you were done with Star Trek. Correct? Yes. Okay. I I will say I will say one other thing. Two characters that I was surprised to see are Spock who is in this series as well, but I guess the Vulcans are really long-lived, so that's not, uh, that's not, you and know. Barney Rubble, that was weird. Barney Rubble yeah. was weird. That's not out of the realm of possibility, but the other one that surprised me was Celia Rose Gooding's character, who is Nayota Uhura. Oh. And oh. she played, this is when she's a cadet. Interesting. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. Oh, and one other surprising character. Is the the chief security officer? Tell me if you recognize her name. La An Nunian Singh. Nope. No. Why does no? You don't recognize that name. I do not. Singh. Nunian Singh. Nunian Singh. No. What is that? Her from? father is Khan Nunian Singh. Ah. <gasps> Oh wow, her dad is Khan, like Khan, Khan. Yes. Oh. And they talk about it. They talk about it uh, once or twice in the series. Awkward. <laughs> really? I didn't realize. I didn't know that was Khan's like full name. Khan Nunyan Singh. Yep. Interesting. And my Star Trek knowledge is very, very, very lacking. But you do know who Khan is. Yes. But not from the original one. From the the remake one. From the from the uh, Jane, the Abrams one. Um, yeah, what's his oh, name? Oh, come on. You would have known from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Yeah, well, the, from Ricardo Montalban. Yes. Yeah. With the, with the uh, fake pecs. <laughs> yes, yes. Those are real, damn it. Okay. Not the Jason Momoa pecs. No. So you, you get to talk about the bear, Omar, because that's our last name. Duh, bear. Duh, bear. Well, it is actually, it does take place in Chicago, so that works. Um, This show is... Just, just all kinds of amazing. So proud, so proud of him that he just made a football reference. <laughs> yes, write that down. <laughs> uh, this came out on 
the 21st of June, which for uh, recording purposes was very literally yesterday. Um, it's on Hulu, uh, uh, Hulu FX, not Hulu Netflix. That's not the same thing. Um, so it stars Jeremy Allen White as uh, Carmi, um, Evan Mosbarak, Oyo Edabiri, Lionel Boyce, um, Abby Elliott, Maddie Matheson, Lisa Colonzias, Oliver Platt is back as Uncle Jimmy, Edwin Lee Gibson, Corey Hendricks, Jose M. Cervantes, uh, Richard Esteras, and Alma Washington. It's essentially the same crew as the last season. Um, looks like there's a couple of extra, like there's a couple of new people um, involved. The synopsis is the usual. A young chef from the fine dining world returns to Chicago to run his family's sandwich shop. Um, first thing I'll say right off is they're killing it with the music again. Oh, God. One of yeah. the things that I loved about, right? One it of the made me actually start about, understanding Wilco, which I never could do before. Hmm. Well, you know, Wilco's a weird band, right? I mean, they they come from what was it, Sunvolt originally? Nah. What was it? I don't know. Remember, we can't go too far into this because Rob will yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. No, but <laughs> was a, there was like so. There's like a connection between Sunvolt and Wilco, and anyway, but Wilco is it's really good, and there's a lot of Wilco in here. Um. But just the music, like, it's so Uncle, well done. It was Uncle like, Tupelo. Uncle Tupelo. Uncle Tupelo. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. And then they broke up and became Sunvolt and Wilco. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was going to bother me all night. Um, so the music's excellent. Let's move past that. But the show is just consistently well written. Um, we ended the last season with um, the the finding of a bunch of cash. And so they decide they're going to change the restaurant and they're going to update it and they're going to change the name. Um, and now the season, season two of which I've seen two episodes so far, season two begins with the renovations and all the craziness that they have to do um, regarding getting this getting the project done of like the project being like redoing the whole restaurant and opening again. But now they're on a, on a timeline for a reason that I'm not going to reveal because it's a kind of a big plot point, but now they're on a timeline and it's just a kick-ass show. It's it, that, that, that same sense of like urgency and stress that I got from the first season. It, it, it's, they've done a good job of continuing it. Um, and now it's just for different reasons, but I actually watched all of the first season coming into the second season, um, just like for context. And it's kind I of started, cool to like, I put... started uh, introducing, uh, Alicia to it like last week. So we haven't watched all of it yet, but basically the same thing of season one. Yeah. How is she liking it? I think so. I think she likes it a lot. We don't, we've only done like one or two episodes. Um, when we were, so yeah, I'm, I think she likes it. Um, well, that show is interesting because, like, I I did a good number of years, like, college and post college in the in that biz, and it's perfect. It's exact. It na- they nail it. I mean, the whole 
buzz in the kitchen and the the intensity and the 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 crazy personalities in in and the people and that like ways. probably should be in jail but you're like friendly with them because you work together absolutely but, like, but after yes. work when they're like yes. hey we should hang out i don't think so i think good. i don't think we should but yeah. thank you so yeah good. like um i've just kind of touched on some of the things you said number one the the all the characters and things like that and the high level of stress the uh high level of stress in this season is kind of a different level of stress in the first season there's always that like when are you going to reach a breaking point like when uh when is the the new girl uh i just forgot her name uh sydney when is she going to be like yeah it's not worth it because everyone's like down talking her and that and richie is always yelling at her and all this stuff um but now when there's stress, it's like you kind of get the feeling that they can kind of handle it. And it was did episode two have the sign language thing in it? Yes. Yeah, we're like, you know, when things are going crazy and he just kind of like touches his chest. And she's like, what, do you have heartburn from what I just made? It's like, no, 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 that's sign language for I'm sorry. And it was kind of like, oh, OK, like these people are so intense and they're going to blow up at each other and then reel it back. Which I thought was pretty good. But he even explains like the sign language thing and how it's like from some previous people that he worked with and he gets into it a little bit. Yeah. Um and that's exactly what it's like in that biz. Like it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So there's that it's a um, crazy I, business. I really love the thing about the show that you actually brought this up the first time you reviewed it. When you reviewed season one, you talked about how there's a couple characters that you're gonna hate at first and you're like, Oh, these people are terrible, and then you end up liking them, being Richie and uh uh, the woman, uh, is it Angela or Angel? Uh, Tina. No, it, that the the older Tina. woman. Yeah. yeah, where where she's like awful at the beginning, and then you find out kind of why, and then in the early episodes here, there's some really nice moments with her. Yeah, and um, she's great she, now. And she's like, oh, okay, she's on board. Like, so I thought that was really good. Um, the dude that plays Richie is so completely opposite of, like that in his real world, in the real life. Um, Iban Mosk Bagrak. His parents are like from Massachusetts and they run like a music school. And he's like very, very intelligent and not this like low life dude that he always seems to play. And it, you've seen him in other be, things. He, uh, he's an Andor actually. Oh, is he? Uh, he's an Andor. And then I've he was, he was micro in the Punisher TV show. On uh, Netflix, the guy that like made all of oh wow I didn't catch that yeah okay but completely different in real life so he might actually be the best actor in history because he like I I whenever he's on screen I get the feeling that like he is that dude in real life <laughs> like he's that like oh, really he's so shady good guy. at that and I, yeah I hate him I I just his character annoys the shit out of me and then but. Then, like, even the first season, like, you hate him. You're like, this guy's a dick, all that. And then all those nerds are coming for, like, to play that video game in the first season. And he, like, goes out there with the the megaphone and, like, puts everyone in this place. And it's like, oh, you know what? The restaurant needs that. Yeah. Like, crazy dude that probably has an unregistered gun under his car seat that he pulls on people just for, like, cutting him off in traffic. But when someone's being a shithead in the restaurant, it's good to use this guy to get him out. Correct. Uh, it's interesting when they, in the first season, because this is not a spoiler now, it's season one thing, like, they talk about how he was, like, selling drugs in the alley. Mm-hmm. And um, Carmi is all mad about it. But Richie is like, well, how do you think we got through COVID, man? 
Like, what do you, what do you think? Like, this is the real world. Like mm-hmm. he is a practical guy. He does get things done. And they soften but him with his daughter also, too. Correct. But he's, but right. They did soften him with the daughter, but he's also like, and this is a very typical restaurant thing. He's the dude that's unnecessarily a dick. Like he's unnecessarily annoying. He's unnecessarily combative and pushy. And you're like, go get a hobby. Like do something with your life. Like go somewhere else. Like I just, cause if I punch you in the throat, I'm the one who's going to get arrested. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. it's exactly what you deserve because you're so broken or you're, you're so egotistical or, or something. And yeah. he plays that role perfectly. Mm-hmm. We, I don't, we, we both, I'm not going to say his name, but we both had a friend like that in, in high school. There's a couple of people that you're like, you know, that the guy's getting up in jail someday, but <laughs> they like us specifically because I drew him into a comic strip once. <laughs> and while and I was right, he, I was right. He did end up in jail, but I knew if I ever needed anyone to disappear, he would do it for me because I drew him in a comic strip once. That's the one. Yep. Um, a couple other little things before we before you get moving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really like that. There's more uh, of a role for Sugar. That's Abby Elliott's character, his sister. Um, she's great in it. Uh, she's really good. Yeah, Chris Elliott's and now. Daughter, by the not, way. Who? Chris Elliott, the guy from Cabin Boy, and is it really? And, and yeah, he's that's his daughter. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and then not not a huge spoiler because you find out early on, but um, in this season she's pregnant. Yeah. And Which, like, I think you find out maybe in episode two. So you can not, tell from, you, like, you find out episode two, but you could find, you could tell in episode one cause she's talking about being nauseous or something like that. Yeah. They set it up well. And so when you yeah. find out when it's, when it's re- discovered or whatever, it's not, it's surprising, you know, cause yeah. it's pregnancy, but it's not like where the hell did and that come a, from? And she's a little bit of an older character too. So, She's, good. Um, she's, she's she's very good in it. Yeah, so it's great. I love the first season, love this season so far. Uh, and I don't think there's any sophomore slump there. And uh, I'm going to... Doesn't seem to be. How many episodes are you in, Greg? I'm on a, I just finished episode three. Okay. And they're all out oh, now. I finished two today. So I'm going to... Um, um, yeah, that's why I'm pushing forward so I can watch the rest of it. Not have to talk with you people. Well, yeah, I'm actually excited to do that. And then we can um, we can revisit it when we're done. Yeah. With the season works for me when the um, apparently no, no, no spoiler intended, but by the end of the season, that's when like aliens attack and then um, <laughs> the United States launches nukes and Turn. the end of the apparently. season. Apparently. Yeah. It ends in like a nuclear wasteland, but it turns fun. out that It'll the cool. Chicago beef sandwiches are actually t- transforming robots, which is weird. <laughs> Dude, I am literally planning because of that show. I'm literally planning a trip to Portillo's this weekend to get a sh- real Chicago beef sandwich. I had a real Chicago beef sandwich a couple weeks ago, uh, not far from Chicago, actually. (laughs) It was quite good. I've got a real Chicago beef sandwich. Yeah, you do. Both of you two are talking about (laughs) different types of Chicago beef sandwiches than I am. (laughs) I'm talking about the food. (laughs) No, I I meant the food, too. (laughs) Sure you did. (laughs) Okay, fair. I meant both things. (laughs) So. Rob is talking about a uh, sexual dalliance with Mike Ditka and Michael Jordan. Rob the Bears. Was he was the he was the center part of a Chicago beef sandwich. Oh man! <laughs> uh, 
anyway. Good times. That leads us to our question, I think, because we got to get moving here. Okay. We had Let's so much it. stuff that we went on. Uh, because I was thinking food, uh, I decided that our question this week should be, and I don't know what you guys did, so TV and movies, but TV and movies that are scripted that uh, involve food or restaurants, that kind of thing. There's a lot of them. Most of them are really a little bit highfalutin for our podcast, but we'll see what you guys ended up with. Okay. Uh, did you guys get a chance to do this? Um, I am ready to go if you are. I I am I am not. <laughs> <sighs> Why don't we go there's, first? There's only enough room on this podcast for one Omar. Just saying. And he means well. So, we're going to change things up a little bit here. And Omar, hmm. you get to go first this time. Hmm. I'm usually a sloppy seconds guy, but okay, that's fine. Um. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? What are we talking Nothing about? Nothing ever again. Uh, <laughs> are we talking about the top five? We're not, oh, we're not allowed okay, to talk right. ever again. No okay. one. I'm back. I'm back. No, I get it. No, I, I, shit. All right. Sorry. Scratch that last thing. Forget that. Okay. So top five. I did movies and shows and they're all like food based in some way. So for my top five, number six is waiting. Um, that was a that was fun, and it was one of those things where it was like you know, I, you know, I've been a waiter, and you know, just in other jobs that I've been in, and there's always like you always come up with that idea, idea like we should like write a movie about this, and it would be so funny. And that's exactly what waiting was. Um, number five. Do I want to do five? Do I want to do all those six? Yeah, I'll do number five. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll throw this one in. Um, number five. Remember the movie Sideways about wine? Yeah, that was a really good flick, and uh, and it and 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 it was like it featured wine prominently, but it was like it was a good it was a good movie. Like I like that one. Um, number four, I'm gonna go with hmm, Bob's Burgers because hell yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love that. That's the best. Number three, I'm gonna go with Ratatouille because it's so good. Such All a right. great movie. And they really do a good job, as usual. They do a good job, as even though they're cartoon characters, of like making you feel what they, you know, what you feel about food and how it affects you and everything. I think I actually read some, I uh, read an article at one point that said that Ratatouille is probably one of the most realistic depictions of a three-star Michelin restaurant. Of course, if you take out the rats and everything, sure. But, um, about how it, how the restaurant functions and how everything works, it's one of the most realistic de- depictions of restaurants and the uh, the interplay of food and how everything interacts. That's cool. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, number two, there was an old Johnny Depp movie with, I think Helena Bonham Carter, if I recall correctly, from the mid '90s called Chocolat. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so what a great movie and about this little town in France after World War II. It is a fantastic movie. Um, and it does have that little bit of the food angle. Um, definitely, definitely catch that if you have not ever seen it. And my number one, and I hate to be that, I hate to be the guy at the Pearl Jam concert with the Pearl Jam t-shirt on, but that's what I'm going to do now. Um, number one is the bear. The bear. The bear. Because it's so good and it's so real. Strong being the guy so at the Pearl Jam concert, the Pearl Jam shirt, you motherfucker. 
Yeah, I that that usually is me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't I don't care. Yeah, well, I don't care really. I'm there. That. I'm there to see Pearl Jam. Clearly, I'm a Pearl Jam fan, and I don't give a shit if you think that's corny. <laughs> I, oh, I did feel I feel weird the other day. I was selling something to someone. Uh, Semen? No, this was a my older record turntable. But I was selling it to someone. and I was wearing a Pearl Jam hat, a Pearl Jam shirt, and my car that I gave it to her from had a giant Pearl Jam sticker on the back. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I am that person. So, yeah. So, my number one is the bear. Okay. The bear. I'm, I'm going to do this real quick. Number five, you discussed everything that I liked about it, was Waiting. And I haven't watched that in a while, but I used to watch that movie a lot. It was a good, fun movie to put on. Good one. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Big Night. And that was one of those weird blockbusters. It was one of those movies that when it came out, it like became super popular in the Boca area where I was living and it, you could not rent it at Blockbuster cause they only had like two copies. And I just remember like all these people like constantly coming in for it. And then finally I was able to see it and it was pretty good. Uh, why don't I remember this? It was like people getting ready for a big, like they're catering a big party thing. I don't I, I think it was Stanley Tucci. If I remember correctly, it's been a very big. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, it's good. It's worth it's worth watching. Uh, number two, Chef John Favreau, and it led to a, a, a TV show, uh, a cooking show, which I also liked. So that's number three. Uh, number two, going with Ratatouille. Not only is it great depiction, as you said, of restaurants, uh, it does really good things with the camera work. And I actually use that movie to mm-hmm. teach how to do cameras in three D. Oh, really? Because they do. Um, the thing that they do when he bites into the food, the critic bites into the food, and they, like, do that thing where they, like, show him as a child. Like, it brings him back. Like, they do a reverse camera move that's the kind of yeah. – it's kind of the opposite camera move that they do in Jaws when um, the the zoom where they where he sees the, the kids playing and the shark is fake shark. But, like, that shot that they do. Um, so I, I yeah. usually I talk about doing that to, like, put the focus on the right thing. So Ratatouille, awesome. And number one, the Pearl Jam guy at the Pearl Jam concert is me and the bear during the episode about the bear. It's just so good. I've seen the season one twice and a half now. And yeah. And we've got a voicemail from Alec, our patron of unusual size. Let's see what scripted food shows and movies he likes. Give me five podcasts. It's Alec. Top five scripted movies or TV shows. Uh, with, with uh, dealing with food or restaurants. Um, I found it to be a little tough because I haven't seen quite a bit of those TV shows, but I kind of had to go with movies that I could remember. Uh, number five is a Julie and Julia. I don't know. I remember seeing this years ago and making me hungry when I watched it. So I, I thought it did its job uh, pretty well. It's a scripted movie. It's not about a restaurant, but it certainly is about food. Uh, number four, kind of a a different pick, but I'm going to do the right thing. Uh, I know that it's not necessarily just about a restaurant, but the movie takes place a good portion of the time in a pizzeria. And I don't think pizza's ever, New York pizza has ever looked so good uh, in a movie. Um, so I'm going to use that as for number four. Number three is the menu. Um, it's a crazy movie, but the food part of it is, is great. And then uh, number two is, oh my goodness, now I'm forgetting what number two is. Sorry about that. Is my brain blank. Number two is Ratatouille, which is amazing. And then number one is probably the 
influential part of uh, this question, which is The Bear, which is an amazing TV show. I haven't watched season two yet. I know it came out yesterday. So that's my top five. Sorry for the pause in there as I try to remember Ratatouille. All right. Hope you like it. Thanks. Bye. Nope, Alec. No need to worry about the pause because I was able to edit it out. Yay me. And now, Rob. All right. Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, my honorable mention is going to be a Nicolas Cage movie called The Pig, because Nicolas Cage actually plays a former chef in that movie who is now a recluse and is hiding in the woods with his truffle-sniffing thing. Um, my number five is not going to be about cooking food. It's just going to be about food, and that's Sausage Party. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, my number three is a movie from my childhood where they did produce food, but it was not quite as much about the food so much as a tour of the facility, and that's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Totally thought he was going to go with Soylent Green. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking Soylent Green. Um, my number three is going to be Waiting. You've already you've all already talked about it. I've got a little switch up. I am not the guy wearing the t-shirt. I am, however, going to put the bear at number two. Okay, but my number one is going to be Ratatouille. Uh, not a surprise. Yeah. The ride is good, too. That track. Finally got to do the ride. I liked it. I have not done the ride yet. Oh, is there a ride now? Yeah, there is. It's good. Okay. I got to come up to Orlando. Yeah, you do. I'm come see you guys. Maybe Kim and I will come up next month. Let me know when you're coming. We can get you in. Word. Really? My oh, that's right. Disney. That's right. Oh, man, that's awesome. You never offered that to me, you son of a bitch. You have a pass. <laughs> It'd be nice to have the option. Greg, <laughs> Greg that's what You're mad. Besides, we like Omar better. Jen's never met Omar, but she likes Omar better. That's fair. Met, I met Jen a couple times. I like Omar better, too. <laughs> the joke was funnier when she didn't uh, know you. <laughs> shit. That's me screwing things up. Speaking of screwing things up, I think it's that's uh, yeah. That. What's what's the uh... <laughs> what's our contact info? It's uh, d a b e a r at gimme five slash uh, threadless dot com. <laughs> um, uh, you so can if you need any bear merchandise or no. you can find us on gimme five podcast dot com. The website still works. I was there last night. Uh, Nice. Yeah, uh, you can also find us on Facebook by searching "Give Me Have Five." Have we ever gotten the, uh, the the passwords to get back into it? <laughs> yeah, I can do oh all that. God. I can do all that stuff. Okay, that's what I was doing last night. Actually, seeing if everything was still like up and running. Uh, so yeah, search "Give Me Five Podcast." Uh, that's spell out five. Just do that. If you can't spell out five, you are perfect for uh, being a listener of this show. But that's F I V E. <laughs> and of course, you can uh, write angry emails to "Give Me Five Podcast" at gmail dot com. And backslash Rob. Yes. And uh, also uh, check stuff out on Instagram because occasionally I take pictures of things and put it on there. And those pictures are engaging. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Well, guys, I think that's going to do it for us this evening. And remember, like I always say, I believe it was Thomas Edison who said genius is 1% inspiration and 99% theft. True. Yeah, that sounds right. To a time we